Time to wake Time to up. Wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, so patriots assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. If it's that part of the world for you, and that's that time, and you're just getting up, getting some coffee, welcome to His Heart Line. It is Monday, May 1st. May 1st, ladies and gentlemen, May 1st, 2023. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at our side because they are the host with the most. They are the ones that are in charge of this podcast. This was actually their idea, not mine. That means they're in the captain's chair. They're at the wheel. That means they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. But like I always say, we need to put our full faith and trust in God and Christ, right? Because if we plan on making it through these troubled waters, through this storm, through the squalls and the wind and the sideways rain and the, you know, the lightning, the thunder, you know, everything that's scary about a storm when you're out at sea, you put your full faith and trust in God and Jesus Christ, they will steer this ship into a safe harbor so you can anchor and get yourself on solid dry land. And that is very important. It's very, very important symbolism that I'm trying to paint there for you guys. So anyways, Welcome to His Hard Line, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode, I know the advertisement said episode 528 or 529. This is going to be actually deemed episode 528, and it's going to be titled Assembly Basics with Josh Lehman. Now, before we get started today, I do apologize for all the regular listeners for not doing a Bible reading today. 
I've been dealing with a hellacious headache. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I wanted to save my, you know, my energy and stamina for this awesome guest that we're going to have on. You've probably recognized him from being on Patriots with Grit. He is with the Missouri General Journal Assembly. Uh, again, his name is Josh Lehman. And um, there's actually somebody else down there I've been wanting to have on the show as well. Uh, Bill, who does a lot of education stuff there in the Missouri General Journal Assembly. And um, so anyways, but um, <clears throat> let me get him off of mute here for a second. But just a couple of show notes. Don't forget, we do have a website, www.hishardline.com. And, and Josh, forgive me if I get this wrong, but I think what's the website you guys have down there? Is it American Civics? Uh, what is it? AmericanCivicsEducation.org? Yeah, so that's actually, yeah, that's a great site to go to. That's Bill's site. Um, and he is, so he wears two hats in the sense that um, he is the, um, he's the, he's kind of gone out. He's the one who took the initiative to go out and start giving presentations of his own volition to do different things like that. Yeah. And then he's also the chief justice too, right? And so like when you assemble in the state of Missouri, uh, Bill comes down uh, and put, you know, does all the work as far as, um, the state head coming in and uh, lining everything out and getting you sworn in and everything else like that. So the uh, American civics education.org is his personal website. Okay. Um, where you can go and get him to come in uh, to do presentations and to take you through that process. And then Missouri. Um, and he's got an incredible amount of information, but then also we have a Missouri du jour site. Perfect. Um, that is the assembly site itself. Um, it but that one's, um, it's still kind of like in limbo as far as having a lot of information on it. Oh, sure, sure. But is it uh, like Missouri Missourijour.org? Uh, they're going to hate me for Oh, no, you know what? Hold on. I actually, I actually, I sure. I, that's okay. You know, because there's so many different sites. Hold on. I'm actually on the national website right now. Uh, let me click on this real quick, just out of curiosity's sake. Um, yeah, Missouri, let's see, M-I-S-S-O-U-R-I. -S -S yeah, MissouriDeJure.org. That's what I figured because that's pretty similar to Michigan. Yeah, Mich like MichiganDeJure.org. Okay, cool. So, um, well, very good. Well, anyways, but, um, well, first off, I wanted to say thank you for joining us. And I, I got to tell you, that Patriots are Grit show, the first out of the three series that you're doing with Darren and uh, Randy, correct? I'm, I'm terrible with names. So I know Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's been a really awesome show. I watched that. I gave you a call the other day. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do some uh, quick shout outs here in a second. But um, but yeah, so uh, I had a conversation with Josh the other day privately on the phone because after I had listened to that first show with Patriots with Grit is the uh, you know top 30 questions that people have regarding the general assemblies. And he went through the first set of 10 with uh, Randy and Darren over there. And I tell you what, very informative, very, very informative. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, here's the thing. I like the way you articulate things. So. I didn't even have him on the show yet. I told him, I said, you will have an open invite anytime you want to come on here because I could tell Josh has the heart of a teacher and he's got the skill set of a teacher too. I mean, he, he does his research, he does his reading and he's, yeah, I mean, he's, so we're going to get into his background here a little bit, but real quick, let me just say hi to a few people here. Um, so let's see, as people are coming on now, remember if you have just a regular uh, Podbean given screen name, which is basically comprised of random letters and numbers. I'm not going to say hello, CQDY54. You know, it's going to sound like a robot. But if you do have a, an established screen name, I will say hello to you quick. Leslie Liberty in the house. Hello. We got Liz Anella. I believe she's down there in Missouri, her and her husband. We got Rietta, who's part of the California General Jural Assembly, and her husband, Donnie. I know he's sitting next to her. We got Paul Federico out of Nevada. What's going on, brother? 
We got Oscar. We got Michelle. Let's see who else we got. We got Destry out of Alaska here. Mary and I know her husband sitting next to her. Keith, how you doing? And their little dog Trixie. We got Greg H. Man, people are just stacking up. Man, I tell you, you know, I need to have more guests like you guys on because you guys draw a bigger crowd than I do by myself. Shoot. Man, I'll tell you what. So anyway, so, all right, let's get in the nuts and bolts. And now real quick, because I want to respect your time. Um, do you want to go till about seven o'clock your time, a little after? What's your time frame? Because I don't want to disrespect your time and, and, and cut in family time. I'm with you, man. Whatever whatever that timeline is, family time for us is Sabbath, so Friday night to Saturday night. And anything outside of that is work. Let's do it. All right. Time for on that. Well, I promise I won't keep you up too late because, you know, myself, I got to get up at 2 a.m. myself. But, you know, I live off. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I get off like I get out. I, you know, I live off three and a half, four hours of sleep. So it's it's whatever. But uh, but tonight I'm going to try to get one more extra hour of sleep. But anyway, so so tell me a little something about you, Josh, because or because, you know, I've seen you quite a few times on on Patriots with Grit. I've I liked everything that you've said it was great to see destry on there there's been a few other people that have talked about like brock and wisconsin annie on patriots with grit um putting out some good solid info let me ask you this question so just a little bit about you so what's your background because I, I saw on your true social were you former military by chance <laughs> no so no i i wasn't um that so i've got a really good buddy who does like the most fire memes Okay. Um, that's out there. <laughs> okay. And so, like, you know, the whole, I don't know, let's say this may be, some of the crowd may know about it, some of the crowd, but not PSYOPs warfare. Yep. Yep. Right? Um, so, so he, uh, we're all digging on that, right? And so we, we got, I got introduced to, well, I, I started following the boards back in, you know, 2017 and so on. And, and so it was really just about getting information out. And so he was making all these really far means of people like being, um, <laughs> being in military positions but like you know the kind of civilian military psyops division and so on so that's where that comes from okay. unfortunately no my dad was a vietnam vet my brother was a, a naval vet but i never actually went into the military hey 10-4 no that's the same here i i almost went in the marines after um let's see well 9-11 happened right in 20, 2001 and um yeah because of that i actually almost went in the marines because that really you know that time really pissed me off right as it did probably everybody really for that matter unless you hated america which at that case you might as well get the hell out but um yeah i'm with you you know i have a lot of family members that were in the military but um i myself same thing like you but you know what this is how we're serving right here by restoring our, right. our republic which is i think just as great of an honor because i didn't know this but i learned this ever since i became in the assembly that the military is subordinate to the civil power and who's the civil power it's people like yes. you and i and so, right. Well, so in, in the, that training manual, right, the training manual, manual 2005 or whatever, yep. um, you know, it's something that's so pivotal, like to me, it really stuck out that it was imperative to, to train the military individuals in civilian governance so that they could be a vanguard for our rights outside of the military, just as they were inside of it. So that it was seen as a bridge, right? Yep. Both. Uh, both civilian and military are both working in concert to protect our nation uh, and and the rights that we've been given, which you know really stood out to me because it was one of the most bittersweet things in my life is not going into the military um, because you know we all the different wars that were fought were fought for such frivolous reasons and a lot of these individuals have such you know hard PTSD situations and so on because of that. And then at the same time, the camaraderie, the training, the education something that i always wanted to be able to be a part of and of course 
the honor of being able to serve our, our country. But, yep. you know, it is what it is. Here we are now. Yeah, you know Angie in the chat board here. So, man, I tell you, so we're getting quite a few people coming here. Welcome, everybody, by the way. Um, glad to see you all here. You are tuned into His Heart Line with Josh Lehman with the Missouri General Dural Assembly. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Angie was just saying right here, hey, uh, she was saying, I wanted to join the military after 9-11 as well, but my mother convinced me otherwise. That was kind of a similar situation for me, you know, because I'm an only child, of course. But anyways, but uh, so anyways, but um, so let me ask you this. So when when you became... People kind of know my story and how I got involved with the assembly. How did you, we'll start there first with, with you personally. How did you hear about the assembly in your state? And then it's kind of like a two-part question. So how did you hear about it? Who who got you in you know contact with the people there in your state? And then the second part of that question is, um, what lit your soul on fire to be prompted into action um, giving you the realization of, wow, uh, this is legit the answer, the lawful answer. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. I yield. Yeah. So, so I'll give um, shout out to Natalie Scholl. And if she's listening and if she's probably saying, Oh God, Josh, don't go too long. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll uh, condense it as much as possible. So so Hold on. Let, let me let me pa- let me pause you for one second. Just so you know, the floor is yours. Take as long as you need. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. Um, so so 2020. Well, so I'd, I've always been involved in um, politics. Well, I say that I've always been involved in, in in finding out the truth. I had this weird, really weird experience in 2008 where I got a letter uh, from a secret society <laughs> oh. um, in, inviting me to join. I, it's the craziest thing. It's an eight-page letter front and back from um, Delaware, a first-class letter. Um, and it basically, it was it, it was the whole thing we know about, like, the Illuminati now. Like, we're, about, we're a bunch of statesmen and Casanovas and entrepreneurs and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're offering you the opportunity to be a part of the society and the society will work for you. And we will give you a book that's over 2,300 years old with the world's best-kept secrets, influence and power, right? And so... And they were telling me, this was crazy, it said, you're going through phase two of your life, of breaking bonding, discovering, and being discovered. And that's why the association is contacting me at this time. And they said, Josh, have you ever felt like God or some other power was calling you to a great purpose or to a purpose? We know that too, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, well, this is weird. And this is before I was awake, okay? So it, it just made no sense to me. But my mom had raised me in the word. And so my entire life, um, I had been you know, at least well-educated enough in God's word to stay away from occult things, right? And I kind of felt like that was what it was. Yep. And then what's wild is just like the, the Holy Spirit let in my heart to keep that, that letter around. And so I did because I was looking for it to like ask me for money. You know what I mean? Like, yep. where is the gimmick? Where are they going to ask me for money? And the only thing it asked me at the very end was a detachable pledge where I was supposed to check my name, check off beside the pledge, right? A checkbox and then sign my name. And it was basically pledging myself to this society. Wow. And of course, I didn't do it. And then like 10 days later, I got this package in the mail from my a good friend of mine who sent me three different documentaries. One was The Obama Deception that Alex Jones did, which, which was phenomenal. And then um, it showed that there was, you know, it was the right and, right and left um, wing of the same devil, basically. And then there was a Heart and Minds um, um, documentary, and that was talking about how um, the propaganda that was used for the Vietnam War. And then there was this nine hour documentary called The Arrivals 
Um, and it was actually the full title was The Arrivals of the Antichrist. And what was wild is it was a Muslim. It was uh, a couple of Muslim guys, young, young um, in their early 20s that did it. And they had went to Hollywood and all around the world and found out about the occult. And that's, you know, I'm telling you, if I tell you, I, I learned everything <laughs> from that documentary wow. as far as like latitude and longitude lines where they cross and make ley lines, the importance of obelisk and domes, um, the, you know, the all seeing eye in the music industry, uh, in the money. I mean, like, like I've literally not learned anything new since then. I just learned the details. You know, what's interesting so that's yeah. that sounds like a opportunity just for fun if you care to down the road uh if you want to do separate podcasts on that because i find that kind of stuff kind of intriguing just from a learning standpoint but anyway oh yeah well you know the thing is is like i can't find this i can't find this documentary anywhere. i got it in dvds it was in four dvds right and me and my buddies we watched this over and over and over again we probably watched it four or five times and i it was and then I, I and I looked at the letter and I was like, oh, my God, like these people like it, it, it built the bridge. And I was like, these guys are are these guys recruiting me? And, you know, with my mindset, I've always I've always served the Lord, even though I lived in sin. Don't get me wrong on that. Oh, yeah. I always was grown up, raised in the word and, and wanted to serve the Lord. So I always, you know, hoped for myself to be a warrior for God. And I was like, well, no, nah, you know this is a peace treaty because they know that I'm going to do everything I can to fight against them because I didn't even know they existed until now it's kind of confirmed it wow. and i ended up i got so i got so freaked out about it man my life went and turned upside down i ended up quitting my job and like going into hiding i was so i was so paranoid because it was so real to me at that time so it was like it was like neo taking the red pill waking up and then popping right People oh yeah like I, I i can't take this kind of thing because it happened in such a small amount of time well the reason i even give that so that's 2008 then I on this course of my life in 2008 of figuring out all these pieces, right? Because that was really just like a big introduction. And there was all these things I had to go through. I did relearn Christianity, right? Because it showed all the underbelly of, of religion and, and the occult side of all of this stuff. And so I went through this like rebirthing process, if you will, with the Lord of understanding who he was and really knowing him for myself instead of what people had taught me and so on. And so, you know, Throughout that time, I was figuring out my place and who I was with the Lord. And that was just personal, right? Not on the grand scheme of things or anything else. And then I met my wife in 2012. I thought the world was going to end, <laughs> right? And then, and technically my world ended because I met my wife and then I had my children. And, you know, Lord blessed me far above anything that I could have imagined. Um, but then when I, when I was here, I moved to Missouri from, from South Georgia, North Florida area. The Lord told me I was supposed to move. Um, so I went into, you know, I was working at a dealership at the time and I went to my dealer principal's office. I was doing like media stuff. And I went to my dealer principal's office and I was like, I feel like the Lord's telling me to leave. And he told me I was, you know, crazy. You know, he's like, man, you got, because I, I was working in the bars before that, right? So I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't have any college education or anything else like that. I went to college a bunch of times. So I just never finished. Same. Um, yeah. And so, but, you know, he was right. I got two boys at the time. My wife, I bought my wife a car for the first time, you know, before we were driving around in the lease that her parents were, you know, was in her parents' name and we were paying for. And so I had really come up from being in the bar industry to making, you know, really decent money and had a, had a decent future. And I was like, well, I just feel like the Lord's telling me to leave. And so the, I, he, you know, he gave me all of his points and he was like, well, God's bigger than me. I can't do 
you know, I can't tell you not to do what I think is mistake. So I go home and I pray and I said, Lord, I got to have a word, you know, um, to stand on because I can't, I can't just up and leave. He's making too much sense. Like, please give me a word, you know? And so he gives me, I think it's uh, Psalm 118, nine. And it says, it's better to trust in the counsel of the Lord than the counsel of princes. Right. Yep. And just so happened, I'm working for a company called Prince Automotive. Oh. Right. And so I'm like, okay, right, right. So I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, that's, that's enough for me to at least do this. So we pick up and we leave. We didn't have the money to leave, you know, or anything, but the Lord just worked it out and brought me over here. I went to, I worked for a different company, great company, moved up. Then another company bought it, went to crap and then COVID happened. And then they instituted a jab mandate before the Biden administration. Oh, and I was, I was at the time I had gotten a director's role. I was in leadership. I had a team under me and I was livid. I could not handle the idea of forcing this on my people. Yeah. And so I wouldn't go along with the mandates or anything else like that. And I wouldn't push the policy. And I even told my staff that the policy was garbage and everything else like that. And then by, <laughs> by divine providence, um, we go back and because we had been 18 months working at home. I go back into the office to train two new hires for the first time. So I hadn't been in the office in you know, 18 months, go back in to train two new hires. I'm not checking into this app that I'm supposed to check into to say all these different, answer all these questions about COVID. And I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not making my employees wear a mask. And then one of them gets sick and we all get sick. Oh. <laughs> and then, you know, of course they're like, oh, COVID, whatever that happens, you know, this is, you know, he, he's he's broken policy protocol. Yep. My my management staff and, and my leadership, they were like very good friends of mine and had you know really groomed me and brought me up. And they're like, don't worry, we're going to protect you. Nothing's going to happen. It's fine. Well, HR came down and said, no, he's gone. <laughs> so I went from like, I went from making the most money I'd ever made in my life to nothing, you know. Aww. But But at that time, that transitional phase, it was also when 2020 was happening. You know, we went to um, we went to a certain place on a certain day in January of 2020, right? And um, had a great experience, and then saw the way that the media had twisted it. Um, and I was, you know, fired just a little bit after that. And I I realized, okay, um, Biden just got into office. Trump's not going to save us by himself. I guess I got to do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I heard about um, the committees from watching Bannon. And I'm not a big Bannon follower. I'm not anti-Bannon or anything, but I just happened to watch Bannon. Mm -hmm. And there was this one guy on it talking about the committees. I had no idea the committees even existed, right? And so I got involved. Well, at the same time, there's this massive thing happening, at least across the state of Missouri. And I would have to think it happened nationwide uh, because we're just not just an isolated area. But people all these patriots started getting involved in the committees, the central committees or the precinct committees. Dan Schultz is the guy's name who was bringing it up. And um, so I got involved and then in my local county committee and um, we needed media. Like I realized like, cause everybody's asking, you know, what can you do? You know, that was a theme going on. What skills does God giving you that you can do to kind of aid the, this fight? And so I was like, well, I, you know, I did media, I did commercials, I did all this other stuff. So, one thing that's missing is there is no one calling out Republicans, mm-hmm. no Republican media outlet calling out Republicans, keeping them accountable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just by happenstance, I was in a telegram group for the Missouri canvassers to do canvassing for elections. They kept people kept asking questions about 
potential candidates and so on. Because of the structuring of Missouri canvassers, they couldn't be political. So they said, hey, someone make a different Telegram channel so that they can talk about candidates over there and not here. I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. My buddy, I was like, I'll call it Missouri Rhino Watch. You know, that's just a fun name. Yep. And then my buddy made a logo. And then from there, it started taking off. It was the craziest thing. Wow. And then someone, I did an expose. I um, expose on, you know, the the redistricting process down here was an absolute sham. The way that Missouri state politics work is the consultants own everything because they also own some of the big packs. They run the big packs and the big packs have to get behind you in order for you to win. But in order for them to get behind you in order for you to win, you got to have these consultants. So it's, it's just a, it's a vicious cycle of a cesspool. And so I did this expose on it just so happened a bunch of these other good conservative senators popped on my live for whatever reason. I still don't know to this day. <laughs> and then from there, invited me to the Capitol. I had a rally at the Capitol. And then everything blew up. I met all these amazing people in the grassroots and so on. And so for the next like year, my buddy reaches out to me, who wasn't a buddy at the time, just an acquaintance, said, hey, this may be weird, but I've been looking for somebody like you. I just acquired $10,000 worth of studio equipment for about 1500 bucks, and I want to do a show, right? And so then all of a sudden, this like professionally produced studio doing a show where the people who are watching are, are funding it, you know? And so we do 11 shows. We get all these amazing people, grassroots. It was all about the local people. What wasn't anything about any big names or nothing, but who's doing things in the state itself. And we got these amazing people involved. And then we just created this incredible network of God-fearing patriots that were really working to work for no other reason. And then that was... We're going into the next season, and I went to a Clay Clark um, camp. Shout out to Darren Ross from Patriot Secret. He took me. <laughs> um, but went to a Clay Clark, Clay Clark podcasting camp, met General Flynn and all this other stuff, and saw, like, how important it was that we were – to me, this whole, like, new media movement is really more about a self-governance thing, too, you know? But got me all engaged. I was super excited, you know, and I came home and I was like, I'm going to do all these different podcasts based on the rhinos and all this other stuff because this is what, you know, this is plain. And then a good friend of mine named Gerald Wistron reaches out to me and says, hey, I got a, um, a guy I want you to do a Zoom meeting with. And he's talking about this thing called Assembly. And I'd heard it from somebody else when I had gone on a speaking tour around the state talking about the amendments that were coming up to, to be and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, OK, well, I'll get on. Well, I ended up being late. He calls me. He's like, hey, man, you getting on here? I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I was working on XYZ. Let me hop on now. Well, that was divine providence because that was Bill Hermanson, oh. who's the state um, um, chief justice, right? Yep. And so he, 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 he has this. He's so, he's so much more meticulous than I am. He's very well, well planned out. So he has all these different levels of presentations because this information is so big, you can't just drop it. And so... He gets on and he says, he, he takes me through some stuff. And by divine, again, God's hand, I was already into a lot of things, plus everything that happened to me from 2008 up into this point. And Bill really kind of connects everything for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I don't quite understand everything, but for whatever reason, I can feel it in my bones that this is right. Yep. Right. And so I'm like, all right, cool. When's the next meeting? He goes, well, we're going down to Jackson County. Um, and we will, you know, I'll be doing P1. So this is called P0. He has P1, P2, P3, all these different levels of presentation. And uh, he said, I'll be down. And I said, okay, cool. Well, I, through all of my different connections, I had met these amazing people. 
Natalie Scholl, Dr. Dana Granberry. She was with Americans Frontline Doctors for a while. Darren, all these different people. And Dana, Dr. Dana had started this text thread called the Dragon Slayers because she was all about creating a tribe, right? And that's really our first ever assembly as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I invited everybody. I was like, listen, I can't even explain it all the way. You got to come. And then they all showed up. And then from that, it proliferated into a few more presentations from Bill. Then um, we ended up both Clay and Platt, two different counties, settling out of it. Wow. Well, then I'm like, I was like, I got to know this more. Because I, I, can't, I can't decide. Because I had given a bit of a platform, you know, from all of this stuff that had happened. And people were still, you know, reaching out to me, asking me my opinion on different things, which is a huge responsibility. Oh, yeah. And so... I was like, I got to know this for myself, not just for the fact of telling other people, but I can't take my family down this route if it doesn't make sense. Like, I got to know. I, I, Bill's information makes sense. All these other people that I've heard from make sense, but I've got to understand this. Yep. And so I started digging and going into it from different areas. And I found out I, I ran across this um, presentation by um, Dr. Schroeder, okay, Eugene Schroeder. And you can find it on YouTube. And he talks about the emergency banking act. Okay. And to me, this is the crux of everything. Right. I mean, this is where they they made their they made their um their move to to solidify all the other um all the infrastructure that they created from the Civil War up, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I listen to this, I I mean I devour it because it's a 1994 presentation, you know, it's in bad quality, whatever. And I'm like, no one's gonna watch this, so I'm gonna have to be able to relearn it and learn it and then re- recreate it and, and share it with people. And um, my, my prior career was presentation. And so I've done like you know 3,000 presentations for car dealerships and boards and different things like that. So I had the skill set to learn how to do it. So I knew that I could take something and then you know, regurgitate it, if you will, into a little bit more cleaner format and then give it to people, sometimes in pieces or at, at whole. Mm. So I found this and I'm like, okay, First of all, it blew my mind. I mean, it truly blew my mind. And I realized things were crazy. And then this is what lit the fire. So that's all how I heard about it. Here's where it lit the fire. So the way that they set us up is in an ancient pledging system. This goes back to Phoenician time, the law merchant, Babylonian merchants, Babylonian money magic, whatever you want to call it. Um, But they put us into a pledge system based on our money, right? And so I have been studying like the fallen and the film and all this other stuff and i had always thought that in daniel when it talked about the statue you know being the gold head the silver chest the bronze thighs the iron legs the iron mixed with clay i always thought the iron mixed with clay was like the film you know mingling themselves interbreeding with the others or whatever you know and i was wrong that's not what it is <laughs> um but what that is is the lord finally clicked after i found out all this other ancillary stuff I'm looking at it and I'm reading this and I'm and the Lord's like, go look up mingle themselves. And so I have this little app on my Bible. It's called the Blue Letter Bible app, and it gives you Strong's Concordance um, letter meanings, right? And so I go and look it up, and man, the word mingle themselves means pledge, to pledge, to take a surety. And so Daniel was literally prophesying that the Babylonian system, which is that statue will come to a point where the metals will meet the clay. And so the metals are the heathen or the pagans or the ones who lord themselves over each other. And then the clay is we, the people, or God's people, coming together in equality 
And he says, they will try and mingle themselves with each other. And mingle themselves was they, they, the seed of the serpent, will try and pledge the seed of the woman or God's people mm. and put them in the surety. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what's happened for the last 90 years. I mean, factually, exactly. Wow. And, it, and it's the ancient Roman system, right? Which is really actually the ancient Babylonian system. So this is that Babylonian figure. And we are literally living in the time of the mingling. But then in the, he says in uh, verse 243, um, chapter 243, he says, but just as iron doesn't mingle or mix with clay, they shall not cleave to each other. In other words, it will not last. Mm-hmm. And then the very next chapter, the very next verse, 244 says, and the God of heaven will, will um, set up a kingdom that will destroy all other kingdoms and reign forever and ever. And so I'm like, oh, my God, we're in this nexus. We're in this this precipice period of the Babylonian system falling, the thing that causes it to fall is the rock that's coming down from the mountain, which is Jesus, the truth. Mm -hmm. It hits the feet and then that entire system falls. God sets up a whole new system that takes over the entire world. And I was like, oh my God, we're a part of that. And and I I sat down in my chair because I stand up when I get excited when I'm reading something or whatever. And I sat down in my chair and I said, oh, my God, I have to share this. But then I prayed and I said, Lord, um, I don't want to solicit this, right? Like, I don't want to try and go out and make this be heard. If you want me to share it, you've got to open the doors, you know? And the one place that uh, I talked about, hey, I got a presentation, I went to my friends, Natalie, Jay, and uh, Dana, and, and our Dragon Slayers thread. And we went over to the house and I went over all this stuff because all I did was have a bunch of notes, right? And I went all the other stuff and we talked for four and a half hours about it. And then um, they were like, yeah, we've got to share this with people, whatever. And so after we talked to Bill, that was like a preamble to go into Bill's first presentation. And then everything made sense because we had found out all of that underlying stuff. And then I had refined it more and more. And now I'm on like 3.0 of the seed war presentation. And I, I gave it at Natalie's house. We had about 40 people show up between the home and then on Zoom. And then from there, I've, I think I've been to like nine or 10 different presentations so far, and they've all been um, non-solicited. They've all been invites of people saying, hey, we'd like you to come here. We'd like you to come there. And so the Lord is allowed, and of course, me being on the show now, the Lord has allowed that message to continue without me having to go out and seek a venue in order for it to be done. So I heard about it through Bill. It made sense because of my history from 2008 up. Yep. And then what lit the fire was me realizing that um, the we were in the time of Daniel and, and the system falling and rebuilding. We have that honor to take take part in that transitional phase. You know, it's interesting. I mean, that's wow. That's I tell you, I'm glad I asked that question. That's a hell of a story. Wow. The, you know, that, that I'm still tripping. My mind is still blown at that letter you got from that secret society. I mean, they must have knew that you were going to set the world on fire trying to go after these people because I think they knew with their technology that exists and, and look, some people call this conspiracy theory, whatever, but you know, with project looking glass, I, I, you know, I think at that time they had to know who in the world, almost down to the specific man or woman, right? 
who was going to be someone that is going to contend against them. And then they were going to try to, you know, use tactics that Satan typically uses by, you know, persuading you to, hey, come join us and learn all the secrets of the world. Right. All these different things. Right. I, I tell you, I swear that that, that probably was what was happening uh, real quick. Just a little sidebar here. So Natalie's in here saying when you were telling that story, she was making a comment saying, yeah, it was a long night. We had to kick him out. <laughs> She did. <laughs> she turned into a pumpkin at nine o'clock. <laughs> so, but yeah, back to like what you were saying though, with this whole Babylonian system and and everything going on. I mean, we saw what happened with uh, what was it the um, the uh, oh what was it Silicon Valley Bank, right? That was like the first bank that started kind of going that went under, and then now we just got what was it the uh, this bank failure of the First Republic, right? The First Republic Bank. Um, they're saying that it's the second largest bank failure. And U.S. history. Um, it's very interesting, you know, to kind of see what's going on. But what's even more interesting is how J.P. Morgan comes in and scarfs them right up. Right. So they can be uh -huh. so they can be opened up today. And I was actually just reading something um, on True Social. I don't really put a lot of stock into him, but it's from S.G. Anon. And he actually he forwarded something from somebody that was uh, by the name of Mario Knopfel. Um, I don't know. They got a blue check mark. I'm not sure what the hell that means, but it says breaking, you know, JP Morgan profits massively while the feds panic from the banking contagion. And JP Morgan just said that its acquisition of the first Republic will generate an immediate gain of 2.6 billion and then 500 million in a yearly profit. And so on top of all this, the FDIC is covering 13 billion in losses and providing 50 billion in financing. Conclusion, right. the Fed is terrified more banks will fail, which they will. So they want to make sure that the First Republic acquisition goes smoothly to keep confidence high. And they did this by, you know, by heavily supporting J.P. Morgan. But I think their house of cards, uh, Josh, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you disagree, but I think you would agree. It just seems like they're doing whatever they can to prop up their system because, like we've always heard, nothing can stop what is coming. And so as this Babylonian right. system falls on its face, they're trying to pull out all the stops because I think they're losing control as we, the people, start gaining more and more control by assembling our states. And, you know, with the requisitions that went out to the military, the 21 requisitions, a lot of it has to deal with restoring sound money. This was something JFK tried doing back during his presidency and why he got assassinated. He was trying to back up our money by precious metals, silver with the silver certificates, among other things. And they, they were like, no, we're not having that. And so anyways, but yeah, it's very interesting how you tie all that together. Um, wow. Just, I tell you, I'm still blown away by that 2008 event of yours. So, so let me, so, so, oh, did you have any more you wanted to add before I go into the next? Well, I just, so, so the whole thing, one of the big things that people need to understand about the banking system, about the financial system as a whole, mm -hmm. when they instituted that pledging system on our part, it was multifaceted, right? So it put us in bondage to pay back something that has no real intrinsic value, but it also gave them the opportunity to start, to start trading paper promises, right? Really now it's electric promises because there's no more paper anymore. Everything's going paper. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why JP Morgan can buy up something and say that they're going to have X, Y, Z in profits is because they're then going to exchange all these different things, put them on the market, and investors who don't know anymore are going to continue to buy into this, you know, this BS scandal that's going on, and they're going to profit a little bit over uh, like the long haul of different things. 
all of that profit is fake. Yes, it that's is. what the people have to understand. These trillionaires, these billionaires, these people who have this massive amount of money, it's all based on the premise that we believe that the fiat currency is legitimate. Yep. Now, granted, they'll take that fiat currency and go buy real hard assets like land and different things, and then they have wealth stored up. But the reality is, is what they're trading on are false promises. They're, you know, you sell a mortgage, you know, it, a mortgage of $200,000 over a 30-year period could be worth $500,000 with interest. I'm going to sell that multiple different times to multiple different people. It's going to make two, three million dollars. But in the reality, that money is all fictitious. That all that money is all speculation. Yep. And so the things that they're doing, it's all a ruse. JP Morgan's coming in saying what they're saying because they can't say anything else. Because if they give up the the ghost, right? If they let if they let the cat out of the bag, everything implodes because the money has had value because it is perceived to have value and by gunpoint. Yep. Those are the only two reasons. And once that falls, their entire system of control implodes on itself. Well, what's interesting, and I, I, I don't want to divulge who um, in a private conversation I, I can to you, but I, just because I, you know, I know his privacy is highly, you know, guarded. But, you know, when I was talking to him uh, yesterday, he was saying, you know, Jason, because I asked him, I said, you don't have to answer this question, but I am curious if you, if you, you could tell me to basically shut up none of your business right now. Um, but I asked him, I said, you know, how close are we to the end game? I mean, we're talking to somebody that's been involved in this for quite some time and, and no, it's not Destry by the way, because people are probably like, Oh, it's Destry. No, it's not Destry. Um, <laughs> it, it, he said to me, he goes, well, here's the thing. I, I it, it's, he goes, here's the thing, Jason. All I can say is this, we're no longer playing chess anymore. This is not 5d chess. Chess is done. We already know what checkmate is he goes we're at a point right now we're we're playing poker now we, it, it, it it's a mm. poker game i was like oh he goes yeah he goes that's where we're at right now i said that is very interesting and so it's basically just a matter of okay who's got what cards who's bluffing Who's, you know what I mean? Who, where's that Trump card, if you will, right? And so when right. he said that, I was like, wow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I still don't know what any of that means, but it's very intriguing to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, I think the difference is, is you know, yeah, when chess, the both of the players can see the board, mm -hmm. even though the audience may not know where it's at, right? The players understand everything. If they're both adept, they both understand. But now when we move into poker, it's like, okay, I can see, you know, I can see the the flop, I can see the river. Right. Yep. Uh, and I, but I don't know what you're holding, and it could be a multiple multitude of different things. And I think that's that's a really good point. I think that's the thing about the whole nothing can stop what's coming. We have the trump card. They know what they have. The good guys know what they have. The enemy has no idea. Yep. You know, and so they're going to bluff and they're going to do. It, this is the biggest ego in the world that yep. we're fighting against. It's Lucifer, right? I mean, yep. it's the source of all ego uh, that is there. So. You know, that's it's a it's an incredible analogy. So kudos to whoever, because I'm you know, fair notice, I'm gonna steal that yeah. and reuse it because it is an it is absolutely a perfect statement because chess was all about moving. Now we're in the very end. Yep. And it's like, okay, you know, I you have this board, what moves are you gonna make? And and then therefore that's going to determine their their rebuttal or their response. So yeah, I agree, and I and it feels like that. There's so much anticipation in the air, you know, that you know anybody who's keyed in, you just know at any moment it can pop off. Whatever it is, 
Yep. You know, but it, it can pop off at any moment. And we are in the throes of the end, in my opinion. And what's crazy, you know, it's funny, back to that poker analogy, like that's speaking right up my wife's alley because her grandfather, late grandfather, rest his soul, um, but he he taught my wife how to play poker. Now, me, I know how to play poker, but don't ask me to bet with you. I will lose my shirt. Um, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm just, I'm terrible. I'm more of a go fish kind of guy, you know? Um, (laughs) but no, seriously though, like little side, funny story, 20 seconds. We had our neighbor over. This is when we first moved on our development. We, you know, this is again, during COVID when you couldn't do anything and you were pretty much locked in your home. Right. And so we ended up having like neighborhood garage parties. Well, anyways, sometimes we'd stay up really late. Well, our neighbor decided to want to play poker with my wife and all she had was a $20 bill. He had nothing but $20 bills and he was like, well, just throw down a 20 bill, you know, 20, throw it on at 20, you know, let's, let's just play. Well, long story short, she ended up taking him like for like, I forgot what it was like 140, 160 bucks. I was like, Oh, now of course <laughs> he had quite a bit to drink. Now, if he started, uh. he, if he had started this while he was sober the next morning, cause when we woke up, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, he was pretty gone. I'm like, you might, we might want to give that money back. Cause I don't want to have any issues between him and his wife. <laughs> Anyways, he ended up coming over. We texted him and, and he, anyway, he was really he was very appreciative of that because he was like, yeah, if I, I wouldn't have been able to know how to handle that. But my wife took him to the cleaners. I was like, you go, girl. But see me, uh, I would have lost everything, uh, car, everything. It would have been bad. But anyway, <laughs> so here's a question for you. So that that's very all intriguing how, you know, with the whole poker analogy, like that's where we're at. So here's a question for you. So for those that might be new that are listening, I know there's some people here in the chat that's new. And as people listen to the download, um, it, you know, people are going to be listening that are new on the download. And this might very well be, I don't know, probably a, a highlighted podcast that I think I might put um, in the National Assembly page. Because the reason is, is because this question right here. So, like I said, there's people that are new that are listening for the first time and those that are trying to also recruit new members. Now, again, back to, you know, being the title of the show, Assembly Basics, how would you explain what the assembly is in five minutes or less. And the reason I asked that is because, like I said, that's a common question that I get asked a lot by a lot of people. And I hear how you articulate things clearly because you, like you just said, you did over 3,000 different presentations over the course of your career. And I'm sure there are many that are listening to this and will be listening to this who are trying to recruit solid American men and women. And they might want to know, okay, well, how does Josh Lehman try to bring in new members? Because you do have a certain way of explaining things that makes it easy to absorb. So in, in your way, what's like your five minute, I hate to use the word pitch, but what's your five minute pitch to somebody that has never heard of this? Okay. So, so I, I really need to um, preempt this with, with, with as much truth as possible. Right. So the way that I feel about all of this in my, my personal um, take is it's all God, right? Yep. And so what I've learned is, you know, I've tried to pitch this to people who don't want to hear it. Like, because I get excited about stuff and I want to tell everybody, you know, and and some people are just like, okay, like this one lady I was kind of talking to, but just about the, the, the concept of it and she looked watch and I was like, okay, I'm shutting up now, right? Like, <laughs> so, um, you know, the way that I see it totally is I pray every day about it and then the Lord brings people into my life that allows me to have a conversation. And a lot of the times um, 
none none of the conversations are, are really the same. Like like just the other day, uh, a friend of ours in the clay um, assembly, um, she uh, her uncle was um, considering the state national route, Ooh. right? And she was like, don't do that. I don't know, you know, don't do that. I don't know why. And he was like, well, can you tell me why? And she's like, I don't really know why. I, all I know for sure is I don't think we should do that. And so she hooked us up because, you know, she knew I'd been a little bit more studied on that side and whatever. And, and so we got together and um, I called him and we had a conversation. And I just, you know, I prayed before that conversation. He's a God-fearing man. And, you know, the conversation just rolled into a direction where it made sense, right? And, and it was great about it. We talked for almost two hours. And he was like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not trying to, I, I told him from the beginning, I'm not going to try in any way, shape or form convince you. I'm not going to use um, emotional uh, arguments based on, I don't like David Strait. I don't like David Strait. I don't like Bobby Lortz, but I'm not going to use those as reasons for um, my points. I, I'm just going to tell you what, you know, what I think and so on based on facts. These are my interpretations of facts and so on. Anyways, when that was done, he's all bought in. He's in Nebraska. He's ready to go. Right. And I think he's got like 300 people um, that they're already doing this. He was an ex oath keeper and all this other stuff. And so, you know, God paves the way for a lot of these things. So that's what I want to kind of put out there. Even though I'm about to give you my specific little pitch, God is the one who goes before us. It's, it's, it really goes back to the, um, the story of the 12 spies sent across uh, into the promised land. Ten of them came back with a negative report, an evil report saying there's giants in the land. And the walled cities, even though the land's beautiful and great, it's everything God said it would be. But there's giants in the land and there's walled cities and we can't overcome. But Joshua and Caleb are the only two that came back and said there are giants in the land. There are walled cities. But if God delight in us, he will deliver the land, period. Only rebel not. In other words, only rebel not with disbelief. So I just put that out there to say it doesn't matter what is what I give you as my pitch or any. What matters is, is that you're seeking the Lord and asking for him to guide you. And then he will bring those people to you. And then he will put the words into your mouth so that you say what is relevant to that person. Right. Because this is something that the Lord is leading specifically. Can so I, I just want to put that caveat out there. Can I pause you before you um, get it, get into your second part? Sure. there? I love what you just said there. And I'm so glad you said that because that's what everything we stand for on this podcast, there's the, when people ask me, well, what's your podcast about? Simple. We talk everything, God, wellness, family, country. And yes, that order, because God always has to come first. I'm glad you said that because I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I try to think about this at the beginning of every day. And because I'm a man, I falter and I forget. And I try to consult God on almost all matters, even from when I go grocery shopping to not doing that impulse right. buying of that box of brownies that I want my wife to make that will make me gain weight. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you said that because we have to consult God on everything. And I, 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 man, you will always have an open invite here because I like the way you approach things. Continue. I yield. I appreciate that. And I, I want to say the same thing to you because I, uh, his hard line, the way you open, we, this is the thing, okay? So yes, the assembly, uh, and again, I'm going to put this caveat out here. I'm not speaking for the assembly. I'm speaking as a man, Yep. right? Um, the assembly is, quote unquote, a secular a system, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to put this out, notice out there to all believers, all Christians, right? 
and all those who may not be going to church but still have that burn in their heart, that desire in their heart to know the Creator and everything else. This is for you. This opportunity to assemble, this opportunity to come back together as the ecclesia, as God's governing body, to take back what has been stolen from us, right, by hook and crook. This is the opportunity for us to take this back. You know, if this is a secular, like if the secular mind runs the assembly, the assembly will fail. But if the Holy Spirit runs the assembly, the assembly will not only succeed, but it will thrive and it will deliver the land back to us and it will deliver the earth back to God's people. So that's something I feel like that's 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 what I stand on when I go out and give my presentations and everything else. I'm an unabashed believer and I'm unabashed in the sense that I believe wholeheartedly that God is the only one that's going to put this together because there's so many hills and hurdles to overcome that if we do not have him, if he is not delighting in us, he is, there is no land to be delivered, right? Yep. So anyways, so, but my pitch, right? So if you want to get into a, a logistical conversation, it's to me, and this has come on just recently because the more I talk about it, the more I understand it. And so I also want to put that out there too. If you are learning, you have to understand that this is theoretical and, and it's continually applied. Right. We can have the same facts, but some people are going to apply those facts in a little bit different way than the others. That is not contradiction. That is a difference of opinion. So, we, you know, some say, well, the queen's the one to blame and others will say the Rothschilds are the one to blame. Well, I'm not going to argue over that because that same system is created by both of them. And we're, we're trying to get to the same goal. Right. And so we have to understand that. I just heard it today in, in the, um, the medic cult um, presentation. That if you want to know the truth, you have to take in all of the information and painstakingly go through a process of elimination to get rid of the untruth in order to settle in it. So there'll be times that I'll probably say things that may end up being erroneous in the end. I will always come back out and say, my bad, this was wrong. And this is how it's how it's, um, you know, what I found to be the truth or, or the facts uh, regarding that or whatever. We have to understand that there's no one that we should be following. We should all be seeking the truth ourselves and we should all be processing this in our own mind. Because when you get into the court of law or you get into law as a whole, it is an applicable process. That's why some Supreme Court justices rule one way and some rule another. So we always have to understand that. Right. Yep. But the factual <clears throat> fact is, is we have two different realms that we operate in as a people in a society. One realm is the public realm and one realm is the private realm, okay? And they're both different types of law, okay? Public law is like constitutional law and tax law and international public law, different things like that, right? Yep. And then private law is contractual law, contract law, because men and women make contracts between each other in order to do certain things. That's the only thing that's going to be brought to um, a court in order to be enforced. You have tort law. And different things like that. So that's operating in the private and the operating in the public. When you talk about having big government, you have big public. Okay. And the only way that you can get rid of big public is by making bigger private. Right. And so operating in the private is the, the authorization that has been given to us, given to us by God and protected by the Constitution, that we have the right to operate in the private and to contract with each other and do whatever needs to be done. Well, if we assemble, we are assembling in the private and we are actually creating a larger private. And so as the private grows, the public shrinks. Mm -hmm. As the public grows, the private shrinks, right? 
And the only actual way that the public can overtake the private is when the people surrender the private. And so the act of assembling is restaking, right? Like taking out stakes and reclaiming the, the, the territory that is going to be considered in public governance or private governance instead of public governance. You know, you don't have to pay some, have to pay the city for your sewage or for your trash pickup. Yep. Right? I can go get a truck and a trailer and you can pay me $50 a month and I'll come by and I'll pick up your trash and I'll go take it to the dump. Boom. Yep. That's the way that we have to think. So the idea of assembling is, because it's so vast, right? If we say, well, we're an assembly and take back our republic, people can be like, uh, there's a big gap in between that you haven't explained to me, yep. right? And it's, we're just trying to reclaim the private and push the public sector, the, the, the government out of our lives. And the only way we do that is by coming together as a body, because one person can't handle all the things that are necessary to, to create a, a sustaining society. Correct. So if we come together and assemble, and all that means assembly means is, is, is a buzzword, but it means just come together and form a communal group and start acting in the ways that we see fit the best because we're the community and we have that right. We will start pushing the public out of our lives and creating more free space for ourselves. Yes. And then, of course, as that continues, we then also have the right. This to me, this is just the 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 cherry on top, if you will, right? Creating the community is the cake, uh, having more freedom is the icing, and then re reclaiming our republic is the cherry, right? And so I, even if I don't reclaim the republic, which I believe will, but even if I didn't, I'd still be full bore in the assembly because the assembly is giving me a realm of community, of church, of an ecclesia to recreate the freedoms and the structure that we need to not be dependent on a system that is made for profit and not for the people. Yep. And 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 also I do want to add real quick, just for the record, for all the oh, I hate to say it, but for all the Karen's and Darren's out there, just a little disclaimer. <clears throat> Josh Lehman and myself, okay, like I always stayed on this podcast, we uh well, I'll just I'll just go through the whole thing. We're not doctors, we don't wear white coats, we're not financial advisors, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholars, or a bar lawyer, so we don't give out legal advice. You'll probably go to jail, but I'm we are also not the official face or voice of the national state or county assembly. So additionally, we don't advocate for violence, peaceful solutions only, and we are our own men. And the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of our own unless we reference other materials. So there we go. I just had to put that out there. So anyway, continue. No, well well said. Yeah, I mean, that's really, that's, that's kind of like, so as I've learned more about it, right, that's what I've realized it really boils down to. So, you know, these people are talking about changing their status. There's a bunch of different questions I have with changing status, right? And I'm not trying to be rude. Somebody, somebody was commented on our last video saying like I was being deceitful with the fact of saying like American state nationals are out for profit. The leaders are, mm -hmm. maybe not the people that have fallen in under them or anything else. And I, and I even said I want to have a conversation. Let's have a dialogue. Yep. You know, you're obviously trying to go after the same things that we are. So let's come together and let's figure out a solution. My concern, my qualm, the main thing is. If the 14th Amendment was ratified unconstitutionally, I've been reading this document, okay, about it from the from the South Carolina Law Institute, okay? It's from, from South Carolina Law Quarterly uh, by Pinkney McEuler. 
And he talks, I mean, he just goes over the history of it. They didn't get the two thirds they needed. They didn't legally get the two thirds they needed in the Senate. They didn't get the three fourths they needed in the states. It didn't pass. They were two years, two, almost two years after the war in peacetime. They had already ratified the 13th Amendment. We won't even get started on that portion. But, anyways, <laughs> for the sake of argument, they already ratified the 13th Amendment that made everybody free, right? They abolished slavery. And in, during June, June, uh, both houses, uh, at the, the beginning of the war, 1861, 1862, somewhere around that time, uh, before the war was over, both houses of Congress passed a resolution stating that the Constitution was still in effect in all the states. That was the whole point of the revolution or the uh, Civil War was that the, the, the people never seceded, so they were always a part of it, okay? Well, then all of a sudden, you're back in office, you're back in the, the union, or you never left. That was the argument. And the winners who said you never left won. So therefore, you never left. And the Constitution still applies to you, except we're not going, Congress is not going to honor you. Even though Andrew, Andrew Johnson, after Lincoln was killed, said, yes, we will, right? Yep. Congress said, no, we won't. And then they said, okay, now you have to, let's, here's the 14th Amendment. 13 said, no, kick, kick rocks. They only, they needed, there's, so 36 states, three quarters would have been 27. So if 10 states would have said no, that would have killed it. Well, 13 said no, including one northern state, okay? They said, no, they don't want the amendment. Well, we're not going to have that. We're going to do a Reconstruction Act. Two years, almost two years after you've been at peace, and then even though the states under the Constitution have the lawful right undeniable right to, to exercise their judgment, decide that you don't want this, right? But then we're going to put you under military law anyways. We're going to preface it saying we're going to do it to keep down crime and, and violence. And then the only caveats are the only conditions for you to get out of this military control is that you give us a new constitution that we approve. You, you elect a new legislature completely, and then you ratify the 14th Amendment. Well, that has nothing to do with crime. That has nothing to do with violence. Right. Mm -hmm. So you put it under a premise. That's even what Johnson said. You say that you want to do this to protect people. But then your only requirements is that they do what you say as far as legal codes are concerned. And so they bring in this fraudulent uh, amendment that everybody can go back objectively and see that it's fraudulent. And now it's created the status. Well, why do I want to legitimize something that was fraudulently done? One of the biggest frauds ever perpetuated on the United States of America by telling the state, well, I identify as an American national or state national and not as a United States citizen. What if I just decide to dissemble with my people, ignore that garbage and go back and reclaim everything instead of putting a bandaid on something, giving everybody a, a safe space in the matrix to reside. Why don't we bring down the matrix as a whole and set everybody. And so that's my big concern with the American state national and, uh, um, issue right with with the correction of the status it just doesn't make any sense and on top of it not bringing people together selling documents selling information and then telling people to put a repudiation of citizenship out there and not teaching the difference between the public and the private mm -hmm. because the public is a united states citizen and if you tell this person to repudiate it first thing you can do on the david Strait website is pay 50 dollars to get his documents on how to repudiate yeah. right well he didn't teach you what that even means he didn't teach you that there's a felony for pretending to be a United States citizen after claiming you're not. That's right. And do you know what those minimum contacts are? Do you know how, what the effects of using Federal Reserve notes are? <laughs> you know, so it's just, to me, these type of things are a massive scam. 
Uh, and, and what they've done, they've taken 90% of the truth, put in that 10% poison pill. And because everybody's so tired of being in the system, they present it to them as getting out of the system. And then people take it and run off. And this guy that I was talking to hadn't had the, the alternative view. And once he had it, it just made sense. And so that's the thing is that education is so such a necessity for people to be able to understand what's actually happening, how we get here, what these things mean, and really conceptualize them instead of just saying X, Y, Z is what happened. This is what it means. Now trust me and go file your paperwork. Everyone has to be able to stand on their own two feet. Yeah, we we are the watchers on the wall. And, you know, if you're easily and look, this is not a dig at anybody that's that did this affidavit, these AORs, right? These affidavits, uh, affidavits of repudiation. This is not a dig at you. Obviously, you have your heart in the right place. You want to regain your sovereignty. Understandable. But remember that what they're trying to teach and profit off of first off, they're not even trying to teach. They're trying to profit off of you while pretending to teach you something. Um, that's let's get that clear first off. All right. Cause that's what Satan does. He's all about profiteering. Yeah. And so what, while they're pretending to teach you while taking your money and then taking their other hand and slipping their hand in your back pocket to take more out without you knowing it, you know, you got to ask yourself, why is this all costing a, a ton of money? Because at the end of the day, when you look at what they do versus what the National Assembly does, like the assembly of people in these different states, you don't pay for anything. You can donate to the cause to the treasurer to help with, you know, different expenses like, you know, uh, media equipment or, you know, a, a loudspeaker if you're doing state meetings, stuff like that, a computer. Because like, obviously there is small cost to especially when you start doing larger scale state meetings in your state like we do in michigan you know obviously we, we we need money for specific things but again it's not one of those things where hey you're getting charged a monthly thing or if you want to be involved you got to you know there's four hundred dollars for this and there's fifty dollars for that no okay like destry always said jesus roamed the earth and he performed miracles spread the word of god but did he charge for it no no nope. it, it was all because he loved his fellow people his fellow men and women, right? Children of God. And that's why we do this because first off, we're following God. We want to serve God by serving his people, by releasing them from bondage. But what they're doing by charging for all this crap, they're continuing to keep you in bondage on the back end of it while stealing your money. I mean, we just had him in our county here in Muskegon County, Michigan, uh, probably fraudulent, you know, just sending everybody down the fraudulent path down here in my own county. Uh, Destry was just saying right here in the chat, he says, uh, guy who did status correction uh, that was a gun dealer cannot buy a gun now. Yeah, I've, I heard right. that. Yeah, the, uh, a guy that be status corrected, who, again, was a gun dealer, he can't buy a gun now. I mean, it's it's yeah. insane. It's a trap. It is. Well, I was watching, I was watching a video with Roger Sales, uh, he's a guy I, I have respect for because he was talking about, you know, he gives his information away free. He still thinks you need to do a status change. That's neither here nor there as far as my point. But he was talking about David Strait. He's talking about a buddy of his who's another, like, Patriot speaker that's doing or whatever. Met with David Strait. And David Strait tried to get him to buy an unregistered or, or a pistol that didn't have a serial number on it. Wow. Right? So he's trying to set him up. I mean, that's a feds thing, dude. And so the way I look at it, 
I think David Strait's a fed. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of the way I look at it in this in the end because he talks about this is the thing. This is and the one thing I want to have when we have a conversation with these, with anybody. I mean, a, a open welcome conversation and not a debate, but a conversation with anybody who's a part of this who thinks they they have the the grasp of what's going on. I want to know what you've gained from your status change that I cannot access by knowing the law. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because everybody, I, I was talking to a good friend of mine um, that I, I deal with all the time that he was interested in going that route, but hasn't gone that route. We were having combo and he's been in this for 30 years. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have a license or anything else. I, I can travel and blah, blah, blah. He won a bunch of court cases. And I said, and you still haven't changed your status. So why do you need to change your status? If you're winning, if you were showing up in court, knowing who you are and, and understanding how everything is working, what makes a difference? They don't care. It's that poor kid that got shot and killed by the police um, just a few months ago. Oh, in Utah. Right? Yep. They were making fun of him. Yeah, they were making fun of him for having his ID. You know, they were like, is this your ID? Is this who you are? And he goes, who can be a piece of paper? You know, and, and different things like that. I get it. Like. Theoretically, I get it. if you want to be philosophical, no, no one can be a piece of paper. But you got to understand you're dealing with people who have guns and aren't educated the way you are. and have been brainwashed to think you're a fool. You know, yep. you've got to be wise as a serpent to be gentle as a dove. That's the only way that's even possible. And so David Strait is teaching people. He's, I've even heard people talk about how he's told people that IRS, IRS agents need to be shot. That's wow. garbage. Whoa. Wow. I even have. So, so many friends who work for the irs right i mean they're more in the clerical positions or whatever the case may be but the problem is is we are fighting a system not a people granted there is a there is a echelon of of upper individuals who've created said system and laugh about it they're the real enemies but the people that are that are the police officers and and the people in the, the legislatures in different places like that right for the majority they're good people and they're operating within a system that they think is the only option, trying to do the best that they can do. So these people are advocating this madness and not giving anybody any real meat, right? And just kind of giving them like you know basic information. Oh, go file this piece of paper. Go file this. Blah blah blah. Next thing you know, these people are in trouble with the IRS. These people are in trouble with the federal government. Whatever the case may be, these are the ones who we got to stay away from. That's if they're it. not willing to painstakingly go through the truth with you and learn with you and even learn from you, stay the hell away from them. Exactly it. Well, I do have one more question. It's funny because I have this question on my show notes and my buddy, Matt, he's, he must be listening from a computer because I know if you're listening from a desktop for future reference to anybody out there. If you're on Podbean on a desktop, you can see the chat. You just, for some reason, can't participate in the chat. I don't know why that is. It was kind of a problem when I tried having Kirk with Kirk's law corner. He tried, tried having him as a guest on Podbean, but for some reason you have to have it if you want to comment or be on the show yet, like you have to be on the Podbean app through your phone, which I think is complete stupid, but whatever. But he did ask me a question here. He says, Hey, can he says, uh, he says, like I said, I can't comment. Do you know why I do know why oh, that there it is. So, but he, that he asked, he goes, can you get your guest to go back over his sources? So basically this was part of my question that kind of that piggybacks off his question. So like I said, from our conversation that we had the other day, I was giving you a major hat tip. Um, for the show that you did with Patriots with Grit, which, by the way, let me plug them in real quick. Go to Rumble, find them, Patriots with Grit. 
Okay. Um, Darren and Randy, they have a great show over there. It's a video stream. Um, they are also assembly members there in the Missouri general general assembly. They always have Josh Lehman on their show physically there in the studio. So definitely go over there, give them a subscribe, give them a like, engage with them over there and share the show far and wide because we are the new media, especially with the people in the assembly. And so I did want to plug them in great guys and they're funny. They are absolutely funny and they always are doing great shows. But I was talking with Josh the other day, folks, and and I was giving him a major hat tip because again, how he articulates everything. Now the question, excuse me, the question is this, you really seem Josh to dig in and really whatever you get your hands on, you read everything and anything. Like you were talking about how you were getting and learning case law, right? And you were just learning different things of the past because, you know, that's how you kind of start looking and understanding our history of the past. Now, what would you suggest to those? And this will be my last question for the night. And then we'll wrap it up with final comments and how people can uh, get in contact with you for like additional questions or something like that, because you are a good teacher. But what would you suggest to those who are digging into the forums or different materials regarding our true history and the processes of what we do for reassembly? Would you suggest like what like what would be a good starting point? Would you suggest, you know, maybe doing the education call that Georgia does, which, by the way, shout out to Lisa Muzi. She's from Georgia. She's in the house here. But like, would you suggest doing the the Georgia call or maybe start off by listening to the Red Beckman videos or maybe reading the historical timeline that's on the alaskadejure.org site? What would you suggest for for newbies just trying to get their feet wet? and 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 learning what this is okay um so there's a to be completely transparent there's a bunch of different places that i go sure that but but what it was was everything started building on another so i'm just going to put out some specifics okay so dr eugene schroeder Okay. okay go online on youtube and look up his presentation okay dr eugene schroeder um, you can also go find it, this transcript. The transcript's really good too. It wasn't just him, but it was multiple different scholarly individuals that put this together. When you understand what happened, okay, when you understand what happened in the Emergency Banking Act, that kind of like that that is the glue that makes all the other stuff make sense. So 1861, you want to look at study the Reconstruction Act, study how ridiculous the 14th Amendment was. Okay. Mm. Look up um Pinckney, P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y, okay, and then that's from South Carolina Law Quarterly, and it's the 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, and this is what's crazy, the threat that it poses to our democratic government. That's mind-blowing, right, that he says democratic government, <laughs> but the reality is, but the reality is, is he go, he calls it a democratic-republican form of government, and technically, we use a democratic process on the lower levels when we vote that is democracy yep uh, or democratic process but it's not a democracy and we are a constitutional republic because the republic is the top law of the land but the point being is read this because this is a treatise on the 14th amendment and he goes through the historical facts and references everything of how it was done erroneously and then how um they put they put the states under military control i mean it's literally like today the, it's literally like as if today um, the Congress decided to put out a treaty or put out a new amendment 
and let's say three, you know, 20, 27% said no, right? So a little bit over that quarter that's, that's needed to be in dissent said no, right? And so then they say, okay, fine, well, screw you. We're going to put you under military control until you decide, until you give us a brand new constitution, until you do a new legislature, and then ratify this amendment. I mean, it is absurd, okay? Understanding that, understanding that is pivotal because you're going to start to understand that it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Your own understanding, your own mind, understanding how the Constitution works and the opportunities given and the rights of every individual state, right? And then the way they do it, you're going to be like, oh my God, they've been, they've been screwing with us for a very long time. Understand the, uh, read the book, um, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Mm -hmm. Also get the audiobook. That's what I did. I listened to the audiobook. Um, and then you can get Fruit from a Poisonous Tree by just, Melvin Stamper. Just got that book, actually. Phenomenal freaking book. Oh my God. Phenomenal book. He does a really good job of breaking down the 14th Amendment in ways that you wouldn't think about it. You also want to look into Vattel's Law of Nations. That's a big right? read. Because, yeah, well, well, even just understanding the conceptual things, because there's there's I have no no way, shape, or form read anywhere near a majority of it. Right? I understand some of the most important premises, and Melvin Stamper in uh, Fruit from a Poisonous Tree talks about it. Right, and so you have to understand that Vattel's Law of Nations is an international law doctrine that the world signed on to, and so that is the basis and the fundamental understanding that the founders had when they created the Constitution. Because every single state is its own nation, yep. right? And therefore, the Constitution was essentially an international treaty. It makes no sense to us in our in our modern day thinking because we think international is overseas or Canada, or Mexico, all this other stuff. But in reality, that's what it was, right? And so, when you understand those that basis, then you can see, okay, well, the Fourteenth Amendment creating a duality of citizenship then puts people into a quasi war situation between the states and the federal government because Patel's law of nations says you can't surrender your dominion, right? Like unless you have unless you have um, uh, done it voluntarily, right? And so there's there's all these different pieces. Uh, Jet, Creature from Jekyll Island, understanding how the um, Federal Reserve Act was passed. And, and then Eugene will talk about the Emergency Banking Act and you will understand that everything that was done there was based in war powers. Emergency war powers, they, they claim the United States citizens to be the enemy. And then through that authority, that legal authority seized every property in all the futures and used it to back emergency currency we've been operating on for 90 years that put us into bondage. That contractual agreement leads us into admiralty law, mm. right? Because admiralty is equity, which equity is contracts, okay? Equity with penalty. Right. So there's civil. If you get sued by a credit card company, they can't put you in jail. Right. But admiralty is the same concept, commercial uh, things with penalties. So every all, all the new laws without victims are commercial crimes. And because it's under admiralty jurisdiction, they can put you into prison or give you a penalty for it. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. and even though law merchant UCC is also under this, the law merchant is the foundational structure of the scheme that they've created in order to put us into pledge right because that's the system that they that's the uh, infrastructure for the pledge okay that's their monetary control that's the way they also make trillions of dollars by exchanging paper promises and then that when it goes into the courts it it 
transforms into admiralty because you you know the law merchant doesn't have these attached to it it's just really a civil kind of code or, or a merchant code but when it goes into the courts it transforms into admiralty so these are all these underpinning areas the the what happened in the uh, civil war study the civil civil war and the infrastructure like what happened what were the steps that happened study the reconstruction act study the organic act of 1871 right then go into all these other books about, around the um, federal reserve and the law merchant those areas will bring in full surface picture and to me my my presentation is the seed war because none of it makes sense unless you hear genesis 3:15. I will put enmity between thy seed and the woman's seed, right? And mm -hmm. thy seed is the seed of the serpent and the woman. And that is the warfare that we've been in since the creation of man in the third chapter of Genesis. And so that all comes together. But I mean, it's a, it's a vast, uh, it's all spread out. They, what they've done is they've made a hybrid of systems, put it in together, and then, you know, not taught anybody about it. So if you get one little thing over here, you think you have an answer because you're following this one straight track. And then in reality, there's five other pieces to the puzzle or even five other um, subject matter, right? Or topics of discussion or, or, or disciplines that you need to understand in order to bring it all together. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, there's, there's so much to learn. And, and to add on to that a little bit, just for those, because I do get that question quite often. They're like, you know, I've gone to the forums and there's so much information and, and, and it just, it seems overwhelming again, it all goes back to how do you eat an elephant? Right. And I don't know how elephant tastes like, so, you know, just for the record, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my, my wife loves elephants. So like that's her favorite animal next to a Highland cow. Um, that's a different story, but you know, they always say you eat that proverbial elephant one bite at a time. Don't look at the whole. Okay. One bite at a time. And listen, I, I don't know it all, uh, folks, you know, people that have been doing this for 10 years are still learning constantly i mean there's so much information that has been withheld from us we're always going to be like like josh was saying just a few moments back self-education is so important we're going to self-govern you have to self-educate yourself as well don't you know the whole reason we got in this whole problem to begin with is because we wrote on the coattails of this de facto fraudulent you know fairing system AKA politicians, the uh, district of criminals, as somebody here in my assembly calls it, <laughs> um, you know, and so, but there, if you go to the uh, national hyphen assembly.net website and you click on the top, you click, uh, there's, there's a few links. If you click on forms and blog, and then you, there's a drop down menu, you go to national assembly forms. And when you click that, it'll take you to the forms page. And you'll see a big list of different categories and subcategories. And if you go all the way to the bottom, you'll be able to find your states and see what kind of chat boards are going on there. See if you can get in contact with somebody in your own respective state and who's in, involved. Um, but at the very top, uh, Destry put something here. It's called new. It's the second one down. You got form rule, fo the form rules. And then one below that, it says new start here. And that could also be a good starting point for you as well. And again, Red Beckman, I know Lisa in Georgia, every Wednesday they do education calls. That's predominantly more for her, for the, for the uh, people of Georgia, but they are gracious enough to allow people to listen in and ask questions at the end. Um, 
and, and Destry actually was just chatting right here. He says, 13 and a half years later, I'm still learning daily. So ladies and gentlemen, don't try to figure all this out in one night or one year or in two years. It's going to take some time. Destry's been doing this almost 14 years and he's still learning. All right, guys, he's still learning. So that's the important thing. Um, Josh, before we end this in prayer, I know somebody was asking, I think it was uh, Paul Federico there in Nevada. He's a good man. I've, you know, I've interacted with him off and on quite a bit in the chats here for the last year, year and a half since this podcast is, you know, well, since the inception of this, of this podcast, he was asking like, you know, what's a good way to reach out to you or any telegram or social media. I'm going to leave that to you. Any closing statements, how people can reach out to you, whatever you want to give out websites, the whole nine yards, and then we'll, we'll close it out in prayer so I can go get my ugly rest. Yeah, right on, man. Well, one thing, one thing I wanted to add about the education thing, and I think this would be, this is just a, um, uh, a process that I that works for me and is what actually allowed me to do it. So when you're looking at everything, um, it's all so big, right? I would, I would recommend make a timeline. In other words, look at all the different stuff on the forum and then write them down. Like just make a list of everything on the forum, all the different subject matter that you want to look into. Then go Google them and find out when they took place in the in the timeline okay and then write the time the time the date next to it and then reorganize it based on timeline order and then start studying it in order of the timeline when you study in the order of the timeline you do not have to put pieces together like if you look at the federal reserve act well that's one thing but if you don't understand what happened in and with uh, the duality of citizenship and all this other stuff, then you can't put those pieces together. But if you study from the Civil War on up in a timeline sequence, it will be much easier. That elephant will not only be eaten, it will taste good. <laughs> very good. Very good point taken. Right on. And and then for um, if you want to reach out to me so on if you want to give me a follow on um, True Social, mm -hmm. it's at Rhino Hunter, R-I-N-O, Rhino Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R. And do me a favor. If you are a assembly member or somebody who's interested in the assembly, please, after you follow me, um, tag me and say, hey, heard you on his hard line or I'm thinking about assembly or am assembly member because I would like to follow you back because I want us to have a network of assembly members or, or these people is like mine because that's how we're going to learn like Destry said he's been doing this for you know over a decade and he's learning every day and i man i've got so many screenshots of Destry's posts in and of themselves <laughs> because i go back there and look on you know and and learn and so on and so forth if we can create this community right on the social media platform we can really come together and learn from each other yes and then if you reach out to me directly um you know if you follow me on there and then you tag me and say hey i'm from assembly i'll follow you back and direct message me but if you want to email me it's mo rhino r-i-n-o hunter at protonmail.com i'm typing it in right now so mo m-o-r-i-n-o mo rhino hunter h-u-n-t-e-r at protonmail.com correct boom okay so and anyway, i'm on facebook you can look me up with joshua lehman on facebook if you want to i try and post on there as much as information as i can and then on um on true social i have a I, you know i have a telegram channel mo rhino hunter but i don't really mess with that anymore yeah because i'm not i just kind of left it to the community they can have it um but you know true social facebook email 
Uh, and then, of course, anytime that I can you know, come on and, and contribute here, these would be the type of Patriots are great. Those would be the type of places I'll show up. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to I'm hoping to get in contact with Darren. I talked to him last week briefly. I think I caught him right before he had to go to a meeting. But I wanted to I know I, and I apologize to him. I said, I'm like, just like you, like I said, I, you know, life got away from me. And I've been wanting to he emailed me, you know, talking about me maybe being on it on their show. And and I just never had a chance to get back to him in a soon enough manner. But finally, I called him back. I said, well, I said, you know, if we do something, I said, you have so you already have some great resources between Destry, Brock, Josh you know, you got great resources right there to, to really educate you. And, and although I know enough of enough to get myself in trouble, I, I'm more of the loud mouth over here that wants to just, you know, piss the de facto off and, and get this information out there and then get smart guys like you and Destry on here to articulate the way you guys do. Cause I mean, you guys really are great teachers and, and Destry has claimed that I'm a good teacher. I don't see it myself personally, but I do know one thing I have a loud mouth. And one thing that I was telling Darren is we need to elevate more voices up and more platforms. People that are in the assembly doesn't mean everything that they talk about on their podcast or video stream has to be everything assembly. But if you're a friend, if you are uh, assembly friendly, right. And you are a member and you happen to have a platform that you're starting. And again, this has to be all derived from, um, a true love and uh, a love for God and country. If you're trying to make money it, it and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I, I, we're, we're probably not, I'm probably not going to be, we'll, we'll probably be friends, but I'm not going to elevate you because you can't do this right. for profit. You cannot do this for profit. Yes. Do we all want to do this and make a living off of it? Yes. But my first goal is get the word of God out there, help people come to Jesus in their heart. Like, like Jesus has come into mine and he's helped save my marriage, my family, and really quite frankly, help still, he's still building me back up. But anyway, it's about getting the word of God out there, how to fortify our families and how to restore the republic. And then the 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 income, the the resources, I'll, I'll say, forget income, the resources that God sees fit that we need to, you know, take care of our families and ourselves. He will he will provide that in, in due time, but that's in his time. And so anyway, I, I say all that to say this. Um, you have an open invite, uh, Josh, anytime on this platform. Um, and I, you know, heck, I, I think it'd be awesome if you even had your own podcast, but if you don't consider this part yours, seriously, you can come over here anytime, even on a day's notice, if you got something you want to discuss, um, or maybe I might be lazy and don't want to look up any subject matters, you know, next week and be like, Hey Josh, you want to come on and like, you know, spit out your awesome education on us. Um, you know, but like I said, time permitting and whatever you feel like, you know, just know that you have a home over here. Like I know you do over there with Patriots with grit. And, and again, one more plug and shout out to Darren and Randy Patriots with grit over there on rumble. Go give them a subscribe and a follow, check them out. Uh, they do great work over there. So, uh, is there any other closing statements before we lead, uh, lead into prayer? No, brother. I, besides the fact that I just want you to know, I appreciate you, and I know all of my all of my tribe. We love you, man. We we appreciate everything that you're doing, and uh, you are a very strong and and powerful voice for this movement. Well, thank and you. I'm thankful and appreciative that God's uh, called you to this, and that's your answer, brother. So so just know that you have my the utmost respect for me. Well, I appreciate that coming from you. It really does mean a lot, and you know, it's I I, I love you know. It, we just have to have, we got to come at this with a God, you know, a God loving heart, because that's the only way we're going to get this Republic restored is putting God first. Like you did, 
mention at the beginning of the show. Um, and I, I, that's key that I think a lot of us need to remember. And, um, and I wanted to say to a little shout out, cause I didn't, when she wasn't on yet, you were saying it's a friend of yours, Natalie Scholl want to give a shout out. Um, <laughs> glad <laughs> to see you. you on the show. She said, thanks, Jason. Great show. I do appreciate that. So, all right, we'll, we will do a prayer here. So heavenly father, we want to say thank you for this time together, for this conversation among brothers and with this community. It's been an amazing, amazing conversation and a great show. And thank you for calling us to do this work, to assemble our states, to get your people to um, basically be the watchers on the wall, to help regain freedom and sovereignty. We thank you so much. And finally, just shine the light on our path and where you need us to go. Um, we just, you know, we are doing our absolute best to to follow your will, your divine plan. We know that nobody is going to save us. We are the only ones that are going to save ourselves. And we realize that. So please walk with us side by side as we, well, as we fight in this sp spiritual battle. And Rietta adds here in the chat with a prayer, Father, thank you for all those educating us. Please bless them and use them for your glory. Father, we trust your perfect will. We ask that you would bring all 50 states into the assembly. We trust you and thank you for all things. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen ladies and gentlemen. Well, Josh, it's been a pleasure having you on here, brother. Thank you so much for your time and dedicating an hour and a half. And and, and tell your family I appreciate um, the time, too, because family time is very it's very important to me. And I know it's important to you because you're a godly man. And uh, I do appreciate that. So tell them thank you so much for 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 lending uh, your time to us. I will, brother. I appreciate it. And I want one last shout out to Oscar Harrell. Yeah. Uh, that's my boy. Man. He's, he's always got the Every time I get discouraged or down, he is always there lifting me up with some great, great counsel. So just want to make sure that he, he knows that uh, I appreciate it very much. Oscar's a good man. I tell you, between you, Oscar, and Lisa in Georgia, you guys, uh, you all three of you are rock stars, really. I mean, you guys are great. And um, and I don't say that flippantly or to blow smoke. You guys really are rock stars. You guys are movers and shakers, and you're 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 trying to help restore this country. And um, I, I'm proud to know all of you guys. You guys are great and gals. Um, you, you're all wonderful. And so, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, and Josh, I appreciate it again. And uh, yeah, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, here at His Hard Line, we are firm. We are steadfast and we are uncompromising. We will not bow down to the enemy. All right. It is our job to hold that line, hold it firm. And that line is to make sure that the enemy doesn't, in, doesn't intrude, doesn't, doesn't trespass any longer on our side okay so ladies and gentlemen hold that line and and fight like heck for god and jesus christ and for the people not just in america but of this world um and with that i hope you have a blessed day or night <laughs> rietta says disco i tell you what i'll play a donna summer song after the closing <laughs> after the close she she <laughs> she she loves her disco let me tell you what man i tell you what <laughs> so all right ladies and gentlemen wherever you're at in the world God bless, and we will see you back here tomorrow at 7 p.m. All right, Josh, you have a good night, brother. You too, man. You take care. You too. Bye-bye.
Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost.
Don't be rude. You are fake news. Go ahead. Ah, please. I am a nice person. No,